0: Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, that wonderful word of St. Paul. For freedom Christ has set us free. Therefore, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. My friends, we have come now to the last week of our 40-day journey in forgiveness challenge. We have been climbing the forgiveness mountain We've been using the uh, acronym for SCARS, as you go up the mountain, sin, confession, absolution, restoration. And now we come to the final S, sanctification. It's a churchy word, really not very well understood by even people in the church, and certainly not understood by the unchurched world around us. Plus, as you will discover this week, as you read through the last six chapters, of our Forgiveness Challenge book, Pastor Zender hardly ever mentions the word salvation, but he's talking all the time about the word freedom, how we are at the top of the Freedom Mountain, free now from bondage, free from Satan, free from the curse of our sin, because we are forgiven. It all comes because we are forgiven. And so I would rather our journey would have used the acronym SCARF. Pastor Greminger said I should be wearing a scarf today. (laughs) Scarf. Instead of the final S standing for sanctification, how about if we let the final letter be F for freedom? Forgiven to be free. Free to pursue in our earthly life the forgiveness and freedom that have been given to us in Jesus Christ, but also free for all eternity. And we'll have more to say about that. I want to talk to you this morning about Christian freedom. Now let's start right at the beginning, and even in this land of the free and home of the brave, we really are not totally free, are we? Are you free tomorrow to go to work or not to go to work? Huh? Are you free to tell your boss tomorrow what you really think of him or her? Uh, if you're school age, are you free tomorrow to go to school if you want to, but stay home if you want to? No. Are you free to drive down Detroit Road 80 miles an hour? No, even in this great land of the free and home of the brave, this land of the free where so many are seeking to immigrate, to come into our country so that they might have our freedom. You know, that's been going on for years. Printed on the Statue of Liberty are those words, huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Huh? But even when the immigrants come into our land, they finally realize that we're not totally free. And that's why we have to dig into this whole concept of Christian freedom also. Are we, as Christians, totally free? Our namesake, St. Paul, says in Galatians 5, that epistle that was read, "...for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery." And that line was the argument behind the in-depth look that Martin Luther, our other namesake, took when he wrote one of his first books. It was called The Freedom of the Christian Man. And in that book, Luther addressed, well, he addressed it directly to Pope Leo, let me say that. And one of the Pope's cardinals, you see, had invited Luther to write a summary of his faith. And in this book, Luther highlighted the theme that he had 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 given up some of his spiritual freedom so that he might become a servant to his neighbor. He put forth, as a matter of fact, two truths in this book that seem to be contradictory, but I think you'll see how they are not. The the first truth is, through his love, a Christian is a humble servant of all things and subject to everyone. In other words, we're slaves through love. But here is the second truth truth that Luther put in his book, through faith not love, but through faith a Christian is the most free man of every sort and we are subject to no one yeah they seem contradictory but what they really do is define what true Christian freedom is all about to apply these freedom principles to our forgiveness challenge let me have you think of it this way In Christ we are forgiven for this purpose that we might have the freedom to forgive one another. The Lord has rescued us, rescuer, we just sang, so that we are free to rescue others. So let's recap our journey here that we've been on. For the last five weeks, uh, we started out being honest with ourselves, being really honest, We daily sin much. The word sin even means missing the mark, and we have missed the mark. And unless you can embrace the sin in your lives, you will never be free. Sin, you see, puts us in bondage. It enchains us. It becomes, we become its slaves. And Satan, our slave master, just loves it. And that's why the next lesson, the next week, We learned that in our journey up the Freedom Mountain, it was necessary for us to confess those sins. Fess up before the Lord. You know, when Adam in the garden, when he fell after he had eaten the knowledge of good and evil tree, Adam heard the sound of God walking in the garden, and what does the Bible say? He hid himself. Adam and Eve hid themselves. They went behind the bushes because they didn't want to face their God. And the Creator God called out. He said, Adam, Vobistu, Uh, God did speak German, didn't he? (laughs) Adam, where are you? Now, why would an all-knowing God even ask that question? God knew full well they were behind the bushes. Why did he ask the question? Because he was giving them a chance to fess up, to quit hiding and come out before him in confession. And, And his love, by the way, greets us with the same question. What are you hiding for? We say in our common confession, if we deny our sin, we deceive ourselves. We don't deceive God, right? We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Get out from behind your hiding places. God knows we are spiritually naked before him. Quit hiding that sin. Confess. Fess up. And if we do, next week, the next week... If we confess our sins, Pastor Greminger reminded us from 1 John, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And that's what it means to be absolved. And we are absolved, my friends, not because the Lord just overlooks our sin, you know, sets it aside. No, no, no. But because the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin, absolves us, pays God's justice. You remember, right, the gavel by which... The punishment was made, but the punishment was given to Jesus instead of you. And at this point, when we are absolved by the blood of Jesus Christ, there are so many who want to quit climbing the mountain, and they're only halfway up. What a tragedy. Oh, they rejoice that they are forgiven. Oh, I've heard many people say, Hey, God paid for my sin. I'm absolved. I'm good for all eternity. Whew! That was a close one. But if we only climb half the mountain... We have not completed our journey. We leave the forgiveness gift half unopened. There's more. There's more. Last week, remember Pastor Smith? Last week we learned that forgiveness is not only a promise, but it is a power. The Lord is interested in fully restoring our lives. I love this picture. At the top of a junk heap, right? That's what our lives are before Jesus comes and restores us. We're not junk. Peter and those fishermen came ashore, and Jesus was cooking breakfast for them around the charcoal fire, huh? And they hauled ashore their miraculous catch of fish. And then somebody counted them. 153 fish, the Bible says. Now, scholars have looked at that number and have come up with all kinds of ideas. But the truth, the truth be told, scholars have come up with this conclusion about that number 153. It doesn't mean a thing. Except that somebody counted those fish. And there were 153 of them. Those guys were fishermen for a business. Before you take them into the market, you count how many fish you've got, how much you're going to be paid for. You see, you don't waste a miracle of God. Yeah, God showed them a miracle by giving them 153 fish. Don't waste that miracle. And that's the point of today's final lesson in our journey up the Freedom Mountain. Don't Waste the forgiveness miracle of your Lord. You are forgiven so that you are free. Well, free for what, you ask? To drive 80 miles an hour down Detroit Road? Nope. To tell the boss tomorrow morning what you think of him or her? Nope. You are free to become a slave. Remember what Luther said? To deny yourself to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Speaking of following Jesus, we're about to enter Holy Week next Palm Sunday. And among the many great lessons we will learn in that pivotal week in human history is the lesson that Jesus Christ was in absolute and total control of the events of his passion and death. He rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday freely facing the week that was ahead and he knew what was ahead yes I know in the creed we say well he suffered under Pontius Pilate remember what he told Pilate he told Pilate you would have no power over me at all unless it came from the father take that Jesus was in complete control Herod wanted Jesus to perform a miracle when they sent him over to Herod Jesus didn't even utter one word to that scumbag. Jesus was in control. Caiaphas brought all kinds of false witnesses to testify against Jesus, and Jesus asked that coward, Caiaphas, he said, why did you come to arrest me in the middle of the night? I was right out there in the sunshine of the temple courtyard for the last three days. Why didn't you come and arrest me then? (laughs) Chicken. You knew the people would have revolted against you. Jesus was in complete control. And the soldiers who mocked him and tortured him and nailed him to the tree, he could have winked his eyes and blasted them all off the face of the earth. Nails didn't hold him to the cross. It was his love for you and me and his perfect obedience to the Father's will. Freely, everything happened during Holy Week according to the Father's will. And the grave, oh yeah, that stone, they rolled in front of the grave and then they even sealed it. Yeah, like a lot of good that would do. Death was not in control either. Neither was the gates of hell, for he descended into hell and proclaimed himself victor. And then he rose again and gave us the freedom of life everlasting. Make no, make no doubt about this truth, that Holy Week from Palm Sunday through Easter is once more this year going to be all about freedom freedom say it again saint paul for freedom christ has set us free stand fast therefore and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery how silly there is a bell in philadelphia the liberty bell and on it are inscribed words from the old testament to proclaim liberty throughout the land The bell is broken, it is seldom heard any longer, but the words inscribed on it still ring, and may they ring loudly in this congregation as we come together over the next couple of weeks. In our nation's history during the Civil Rights Movement, African Americans sought freedom from human slavery. There should be a spiritual rights movement just like there was a civil rights movement. As we all seek freedom from the bondage, the slavery of sin, St. Paul says it again. Once we are free by the grace of God, do not submit yourselves again to the yoke of slavery. The words of the gospel from John chapter 8 this morning said, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then later on it says, the Son S-O-N, capital S-O-N will set you free. So on Saturday of this week you will read the last chapter in our 40-day journey. For me it has already become a wonderful reminder of the great grace of God shown to all of us. Romans 5 says, God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I've said it before and I'll say it to the end. There are only two kinds of people in this world. Forgiven sinners and unforgiven sinners. Thank God I'm forgiven. And because I'm forgiven, I am free. Christ, Christ has brought me and he has brought you to the top of the Freedom Mountain. And from it up here, he has told us to look down from the top to the Valley of the Lost, In our freedom, you see, we are slaves to all those who are still in need of Christ's forgiveness. And by the way, all around us, they're close to us, they're in our family, they're at our workplace. There are people who need our forgiveness. How can we withhold from others what Christ has so freely given to us? I pray pray that each one of you will enjoy and take to heart these final six days. And then with an even greater appreciation for the amazing grace of our Savior, we will journey here at St. Paul's and Christians around the world, Christians who are being persecuted, Christians who are fleeing that horrible war, Christians who live in luxury, Christians who live in the junk heaps. We will all enjoy this holiest week of the Christian year. And we will do so in the joyous freedom that Christ has given us as he's taken us to the top of the freedom mountain. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Will you bow your heads? Gracious God, Heavenly Father, sin can no longer enslave us. We can break the bondage that the devil tries to tie us up with every day of our life in the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and in the strength of the Holy Spirit dwelling in word and sacrament. Continue to bless this congregation as we finish our 40-day journey together, but also as we enter the most holy week of the Christian year. Continue, O Lord, to set us free, to be your people, to deny ourselves and be perfectly free to serve and love one another. In the strength of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.